Hello, everyone, and welcome to the KW Maps Podcast Growth Edition, where you learn one specific strategy a KW Maps client implemented to sell more homes. Today, you'll meet Casey Kinney, a real estate professional in Oklahoma City who joined KW Maps four years ago. You'll learn why Casey invested in Maps Coaching and how she implemented a 36 touch system in her business. In just two years, Casey went from selling 65 units to 125 units, increasing her GCI by 44%. If you like this podcast and would like to subscribe, search KW Maps Podcast on iTunes. You can also go to kwmapspodcast.com. So let's get right into it and listen in on the interview with Casey Kinney and Diana Kokoska. Casey, I'm finding so many great stories out there, and everyone has one. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yes, thank you so much. I um, started real estate in 2012. Um, I was working for a group of consultants and um, had a great job, was very fun, Uh, Found out I was pregnant with my daughter, and five days later, my company disbanded, and everyone was let go. And so I found myself pregnant and jobless and did not know what I was going to do and ended up getting really sick with my pregnancy and was pretty much bedridden. And so I kind of committed myself to being a stay-at-home mom. And it wasn't until about my sixth month of pregnancy that I had a friend come to me and she had a real estate company, small mom and pop brokerage. And she asked me if I wanted to get my real estate license and come to work in her office. And I said, yes, I would love that. And so they took me through real estate school, got my license, and I actually passed my real estate exam uh, when I was nine months pregnant. I passed it five days before I delivered my daughter, Roslyn. And so I was really down to the wire and went to work in the office and was just an admin staff. And looking back, I was a really terrible admin hire. I was a bad fit for an administrative role, but I was doing it. And um, went to, um, it was probably December, and I had a friend come to me and ask me if I could help her buy a house. And I said, well, I think that I probably could do that, but I don't really know how. And so I really fumbled through that. And that is how I realized that I really wanted to do real estate full time. I kind of stumbled into it and um, was able to kind of start my career from from that um, interaction. So how did you get to Keller Williams? Well, after that interaction closed, um, it was February of 2013, I went to my broker and I said, I really loved that. That was really fun. And can I do that full time? And they said, yes, you can. Um, You can't do it during office hours, but you can do it after office hours and on the weekends. And I said, oh, well, I've got a baby, so I can't really do that. Can I just be an agent? And they said, yes, you can. So I asked them if I could get training because I did not know what in the world I was doing. I didn't even know that I had to deliver the earnest money to the title company. I never delivered the earnest money on my first transaction. So um, they said, well, we really don't have any training for you. And so I went home and thought about it. And I said, 
I really don't want to go into this blind. I don't want to learn by doing as much. I would rather know what I'm doing before I do it. So I started interviewing at a couple offices and it was finally, um, I, the last office I interviewed at was the Keller Williams in Moore, Oklahoma. And the team leader sat down with me and she asked me, do you really want to own your own business? And do you really want to do this? And I said, yes, I do. And it just felt like the right fit for me. And I knew it with that conversation that that was where I needed to be. So I made the switch over to Keller Williams in end of February, early March of 2013. So what was your big aha when you joined us? I was a student council kid in high school and college. I was very involved in leadership. I was very involved in those organizations and groups that were leading others. I was a camp counselor. And I remember when I started at KW in 2013, I said, this feels like a glorified student council camp. And I love it because there was so much mentorship and there were so many people that were willing to help others and so many opportunities to plug in places that it really felt right to me. And it felt like I was using my leadership skills that I had gained through high school and college um, just in a professional setting. So I, I remember really being impressed by that. So how did Keller Williams help you create a successful career? Well, um, when I got really serious about real estate was about a couple months after I started at that office and more. It was May of 2013 and the big tornado came through more. I'm not sure if you remember that. It was an EF5 tornado. It wiped out about a two mile wide stretch of residential area and more very highly populated and really wiped out um, a lot of homes. And I remember my house was about four blocks away from the tornado destruction path. And I remember we sat down and we met in our office and we basically said, what do we need to do? What can we do? How can we step in and help these people? And that was a real turning point for me because it was like, we work with houses, we work with people, and so many of our people just lost their homes. They lost homes that they were buying. We lost schools. We lost businesses. And I just remember that we all rallied during that time to help our friends and our neighbors who had lost property and to see Keller Williams step up. And we were out there cleaning up people's houses. People in our office lost their homes. So that was a big moment for me, um, seeing that through tragedy, everyone stepped up and banded together and to help one another. It's amazing what people can do when they actually get together and get in alignment for a cause. So yeah. what, what cause do you have for your business? What helps you get up every morning, go out to help people? I think it goes back to our mission statement that we have for our business. We have our mission, vision, values, beliefs, and perspective. And my mission that I created and wrote for the business is also my mission for me, which is to be the connector between where people are and where they want to be. 
And so I can utilize that in real estate with helping people buy and sell homes. I can also utilize that with my team and people that are close to me is I love to be a connector. I love to be an influencer. And if I can get out there and serve people and help them help be a connector between where they are and where they want to be, then that's really what living my mission looks like in my day-to-day life. So here you are at Keller Williams. You love Keller Williams. What was your business like? Oh, at the beginning? Yes. We had, I had, I had sold two homes. <laughs> and after the tornado came through, my husband ended up quitting his job in ministry. He was a pastor. So he left his job. We, I had sold two homes and we didn't know when we were getting another paycheck. And so that was a time that was very scary. And after the tornado came through more, we ended up moving back in with my in-laws and in the town that we grew up. And at the time, that was a very difficult move for me. Very, it hurt my pride and I didn't want to admit it, but it was the smartest thing to do. And it was what I felt like God was telling us to do at that time in our life. So we ended up renting our house out to somebody who lost their house in the tornado, moved back upstairs at my in-laws house husband is jobless and I've sold two homes um I'm in bold at the time and I remember that I had run out of people to call and so I started cold calling people from the church directory my in-laws my father-in-law is an associate pastor at a church and I found an old church directory in their kitchen and I cold called from the church directory until somebody called the church and told the church that I was calling them soliciting business and then the church called me and told me to stop so that's really how i started my business is i i didn't have a choice there wasn't a option for me not to succeed i had to do it and i had to do whatever it takes and we ended up living with them for almost two years and during that time I remember I said, you know, if I could sell one house a month, one house a month, one house a month, and then it became two houses a month, two houses a month. And then I said, okay, if I can do three houses a month, three houses a month. And that is how I grew. And it took me 10 and a half months to cap my first full year in business. So I had six weeks that I was on 100%. My goal for the following year was to cap in half the time that it took me to cap my first year. And I did. I ended up capping in just over five months. And that was a huge goal that I had set that I achieved. And I had it on a sticky note on my desk. That's how I tracked my goals at the time. And that's really how my business, that was how I started the foundation of my business was in my in-laws bonus room. Well, here's the interesting part. When you were in bold, did you like making those calls? Did you like bold? I liked parts of bold making the calls was very scary and I had made calls. I used to work at a publishing company. So I made cold calls. I set up book signings. So at least I knew how to make a call. I didn't enjoy making calls and yet I knew that I needed to do that in order to set up the foundation to grow my business. So I did it. What happened during this time? 
Because here you are, you've sold two houses. You go to Bold. You make, did you make a plan? Did you just state this is what I'm going to do? What happened? Well, it really wasn't that I remember a plan. It was that I was doing what I needed to do for Bold. And I'm a rule follower, so I did not want to not do what I was told to do in bold. And so I just did it. It was, I knew I had to make 20 contacts a day. I ran out of people to contact. Who else am I going to call? The church directory is not available to me anymore. Started calling for sell by owners, started calling people from Craigslist ads. It was, I just did what I had to do. And I found a way to make my make my contacts happen and my homework happen every week. So when did the light go on that you needed a coach? Well, it was about when I hired my first assistant. Um, I was hitting about 40 transactions a year. I was feeling maxed out. I was needing to figure out how to make a hire. And I believe that was back in about 2015 that I made my first hire for a coach. It was 2015 or 2016. I hired a maps coach and a very easy decision at that point in time, because I had reached a point where I think I was maxed out on what I could do on my own. And I knew that I needed somebody who had been there and done that and grown a business because up until that point in time, I didn't really have a goal to build a team. It was survival up until that point, it was saying, okay, I've got to make this happen and I've got to, and I've got to do it. And my head's down and I'm working. And up until that point, I could finally then look up and say, okay, how can I shape this? And how do I actually want to do this rather than just grinding and and trying to survive, you know? So what happened when you started with your maps coach? When I started with my MAPS coach, we talked about my business and how I wanted to grow. What were my goals for my team? What was my production looking like and how did I want to grow that? And then very simply stated, when I had an issue that I just didn't know how to solve, I could go to my coach and say, here's what I'm facing. What should I do? And there were very simple, tangible plans that she helped me set up that I just didn't have the knowledge before of how to do that. So it sounds like you were determined. And did you have any fear, though, of getting that coach? I think my fear of messing up was greater than my fear of hiring a coach because I knew that I had an opportunity once I made my first hire and it wasn't just me I was financially responsible for. I knew at that point in time that I had to seek higher help because I didn't, I I was no longer just providing for me. It was, I'm helping other people grow their lives and grow their businesses and I don't have anyone helping me. So at that point I said, I've got to do this. And it was, I've never turned back from it. Oh, I have once, which I can tell you about, but um, it was necessary, I felt at the time. 
Well, Gary Keller tells us no one succeeds alone. And so here you are. You've been through a lot. How did you handle and justify that financial and the time commitment that it took? Well, I saved the money. Um, I saved a couple thousand dollars for at least my first couple months of coaching. And so I knew that I could make it through at least a few months of coaching. And then by about the third or fourth month, it had already impacted my focus so much that my business was growing. And so I had enough income coming in to support that. And that was not an expense that I could cut because it was helping me grow my business and focus my business. Because one problem that I always have had and continue to have is losing perspective. And I'll find myself going down a path and going down a path. And then all of a sudden I look up and I'm off the path and I don't know how I've gotten there. And so for me, my coach has always been somebody to keep me on the path and to not let me stray and to keep me focused because the amount of time that I will lose going down rabbit holes is just crazy. And when I have a coach, my coach can say, okay, this is what you told me you wanted to do. Is this something that you were able to follow through with this week? And if not, why? And I can't hold myself accountable to that level yet. Oh, and Gary says we need someone to hold us accountable. So it sounds like you did what the coach asked you to do. Is that correct? It is. And what specifically, what model or system did they start you out with? Well, my business is very database driven. We have about 85% of our business is repeat and referral clients. And so my coach really helped me devise a 36 touch that was systematic, that was easy to implement, and that really helped service our clients in our database. That was the most important thing for me because a lot of we spend a lot of money on our database and it is the main source of income for our business. So we had to figure out a way to systematically communicate with them and my coach sent me several of her team that she, teams that she coached, their 36-touch plan, their budget, how they did it. And I think that that was the most powerful tool that she helped set us up with that has helped us succeed over the last couple of years. What are some of the things you do specifically for your clients and with your clients? Well, we have several client appreciation events throughout the year. We have two big ones. We have a fall client appreciation event, which is next week, and we usually rent out a park, and we get them food, and we paint pumpkins together, and it's just kind of a fall-themed. We do a happy hour-type mixer for our young professional or single clients, usually downtown at a cool rooftop. Uh, We do a summer baseball game. We rent out a block of tickets at a local baseball stadium and have that. And then we're doing a couple more targeted events next year, which are going to be, we're going to do a cooking class. We're going to do a flower arranging class. We're going to do a mother's tea around Mother's Day. So we're kind of targeting little special events. And then one thing that I do personally is I have a food blog. So I, it's called Casey Eats, and it is just my fun little thing where when I go out to eat, I write about 
what I eat and I take pictures of it. And I started doing a blog and we just called it Casey Eats. And so we send it out every month to our whole database and people love it. And I always get really good responses from it. And it's just something fun. It's not real estate. It's just, hey, we're local to Oklahoma City and here's where we're eating and people love it and they take it and they plan their date nights around it. So that's something that's really fun and unique that I do that I really enjoy that people are um, responsive to and they like seeing every month. So do you call your database as well? Yes, we do. Um, November is dedicated to gratitude calls. So every person in the database gets called in November and basically the script looks like just, hey, Diana, I just wanted to let you know that I'm so grateful for you and I'm grateful for the business that you've helped bring to uh, the Kinney team. And I just wanted to let you know that you mean a lot to us and I'm so thankful to have you in my life. Isn't that interesting? Because that's all it really takes, just like in bold with Gratitude Week, right? When you give gratitude, it makes you feel good. And by the way, it makes them feel good as well. So what's working better now that you have this model and system in place? I think for me, it's very easy for me to commit to doing something and then not do it. Um, I think probably a lot of people have that same struggle is now that I actually have a plan in place and I know that the 15th of the month, Casey Eats is due and that has to go out on the 15th of the month. I know on the first week of the month, we do a district debut, which is where we write about different neighborhoods around Oklahoma City. And so now that it's in my calendar every single month, and people know that it's in my calendar every month and I have people that I have to turn it into. It's become less of a hobby and a when I have time for it thing and more of a time block in my calendar. I know on the 15th of the month, this is due and I have to turn it in. And if I don't, these people have permission to hold me accountable to that. It really makes it a lot more serious and it helps me run my business like a business instead of a hobby. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Once we start running our business like a business, and some people say rather than like a realtor, right? Just whenever people call, we're at their beck and call. And this way it means that you actually have some time off too, right? Yes, I actually block that in my calendar as well. And I do run it like a business. And now over the last two and a half years, I've had the ability to just become a listing agent on my team. So I don't work with buyers anymore, which I will be the first to say that that helps manage my schedule a little bit more easily. And yet there's still an opportunity for everybody who even who works with buyers to control their schedule. And so I do have a little bit more control of my schedule right now that I work with listings and I'm able to time block those things first and work within business hours and my clients know I work regular business hours and I am available at times after hours, but they know that most of my business runs during normal business hours. Isn't that exciting because you're taking what you learn in bold and actually implementing it into your business, taking what you're learning from your coach and implementing it into your business. So Kelly, I've I've looked at your numbers. And your productivity is amazing. I mean, you go from 2013, 28 units, 59,000. Then you come back, 
you decide to double it. Like you say, you take bold every year and like double your business. You make $181,000 and you decide to hire a MAPS coach. You go to 274525 to 80 units, 329776 to 125 units, $622,823. And I'm getting so excited about how your MAPS coach and you are working together with your team to help everything grow. And then you left MAPS. What happened? Well, that's a great question. I thought my everything was running smoothly. I had a new baby. And so my mindset had shifted a little bit more home. And so the performance coaching and the focusing on numbers was less of a priority for me at that time. And so my coach recommended that I go to transformational coaching because it's more focused on mindset. And I disregarded that. And I started coaching with a local coach, just a local team um, in Oklahoma City that was focused on small businesses and did that for about a year and realized that it really wasn't helping me get where I needed to go as far as my goals for the business. And so I rehired a MAPS coach, a transformational MAPS coach this year in 2018. And that has helped me tremendously on my mindset and really focusing on my leadership. And that's one, that's really what we've been working on is how to lead my team. Because now that I'm not in as much production with buyers specifically, I'm just on listings. My coach has really helped me focus and shift more to a coach for my team. And also how do I get into the right mindset of a leader to cast a big vision for my team that they can, that they can follow. And see, to me, that is so exciting because in MAPS, we have the performance coach, we have the transformational coach about mindset, and we have leadership coaches. So whatever you choose to learn, let MAPS know, and we have a coach for you. Now, you're on track to do 800000 this year. Yes. Did your business go down at all when you left MAPS? My business didn't go down when I left MAPS, but my mindset did. And I think my business would have probably fallen from there. Um, I wasn't away from it enough to where my numbers were affected because the plans that I had set up with my MAPS coach were still in place. And so what was affected was me and my mindset and my leadership. And so I began to deal with issues that I hadn't dealt with in the past. So going from E to P is what we call it, from entrepreneurial to purposeful, and running my business on purpose is where I lost track of. And it was very much more entrepreneurial where it was, well, what do we need to deal with today? Okay. And then make a plan from there. Whereas now I'm much more running my business on purpose and with a plan. Well, I love hearing that. So when you left though, and you, you did have a coach. Yeah, I did have a coach and my coach knew nothing about real estate. 
And so that was interesting because it was more of me teaching my coach how to run a real estate team than my coach telling me how to run a real estate team. And so that was a big issue where it was like, okay, I have an issue. Let me explain to you the ins and outs of a real estate business. And then you can tell me what to do. So it was very backwards in that aspect. Did he charge less? Yes. And I only got about half the time. You know, isn't it interesting? It's not right or wrong. We have a lot of people that leave maps and then the light bulb goes back on and they realize, and now you're back on track for $800,000. And what's your average price? Our average sales price is $185,000. I mean, I could see 800000 when people are in like California and it's so much fun though to see $185,000 sales price and look at what you're doing. Congratulations. What can you do now that you couldn't do before you had a MAPS coach? I can take a vacation. I can work business hours and not have to work 24-7. I can feel like I can put my phone down from time to time and that my business is not gonna fall apart. I can focus more on my family and spending more time with them. So that's been really, really huge for me. So how have you grown as a person through the process? I've grown as a person by falling on my face multiple, multiple times. And I am a stubborn girl, and I learn from failing. And I have failed plenty of times. And like I talked about staying on path, it takes me a lot shorter time to get back up now than it used to. And it helps me get back on track because I'm reminded of why I do what I do. I go back often to my mission statement, my values and my beliefs. And I go back to that very quickly after I mess up and I'm able to get back on track again. And before I would flounder, I would be confused on what to do. It would take me a long time to recover. I would really be defeated for a long time. And now I just say, okay, that that was me failing forward. I'm getting back up and I'm going to keep going. It sounds to me like you have grown a lot. And as the bold law says, your business grows to the extent that you do. My husband stays home with our kids. And so, like, I think people look at that and they're like, oh, how does she do that with two kids? Well, my husband does most of it because he stays home with them. And so he coaches football and he preaches from time to time. But also, like, I don't do it all. My husband does most of everything with the kids. He takes them to school. He picks them up. He makes their lunches. Like, he is the real MVP of the Kenny team. If you saw an agent that is exactly where you were when you started, what advice would you give them? That's a great question. I give this advice a lot because somebody will look at my numbers and say, wow, you know, I don't know that I could ever get to that point. Um, And it's just so overwhelming to them to see that. And I look back and I think about where I was. 
when I started. And I remember that when I started, I said, man, I really wish I was in that top percentage so that I could be on the ALC of my office. And that was a huge goal of mine to get to that top percentage that I could, that I could be a member of that. And I tell people, I still deal with the same problems that I've always dealt with. And the reality is, is that is, that is related to my mindset that I need to focus on and that I need to um, improve upon. I still deal with the same doubts in myself that I always did. I still wonder if I'm good enough or capable enough um, all the time. But the most powerful advice that I can give to somebody is do what's right for you. Don't look at what everyone else is doing and try to just repeat what they do. Think about yourself and think about what's important to you and what is significant to you and what makes you feel like you are making an impact in this world. And then build your business around that because real estate is a vehicle. It is a vehicle that I drive. And if at any point in time I decided to step out of that vehicle, I could because it is what I do and it is not who I am. And when I started, I thought that real estate was who I was. And when something bad happened, I took it personally and it really defeated me. And now I realize that it is simply a car that I drive. And if I wanted to stop and step out, I'm still the same person. And I want to remind agents of that, that it always goes back to who you are, your character, the beliefs that you have, the perspective that you have, and the values that you have. That will never change. Real estate is going to change. Your team's going to change. Your sales are going to change. Who you are is the most important thing that you need to work on and doing what you feel is right in your own world and in your own respect. Well, I love that analogy. It's a vehicle to drive. And your coach helps keep your hands on the steering wheel focused that you drive in the right direction to achieve your goal. Talk to us about what uh, bold coaching, coaching skills camp, any of those have done for you uh, personally and for your business? Yes. Yeah, so every time I take bold, I get something else out of it. And my fifth bold, I was thinking, uh, why am I taking bold again? I've already learned all this stuff. And still there are bold laws that stand out to me differently each time. So for example, my first three bolds, I did not understand what it meant. The purpose of business is to fund a perfect life. Didn't get it. I thought it was silly. I thought my purpose is to help people buy and sell homes. That's it. And then I got into it and I realized that there was a deeper meaning and what does my perfect life look like and how can I craft that and how can real estate help me in that path? And then also one, one quote that we talk about in bold is that a man never stands in the same river twice. And I think about that every time I take bold and the quote goes like a man never stands in the same river twice because it's not the same river and he's not the same man. And I think about that as I take bold each time is that I'm not the same person that I was when I took my first bold and my first bold, my goal was to get an iPad. My third bold, my goal was to get a Range Rover. And so my, my life grew and my vision for my life grew. And I think that that was a direct result of having a bigger vision that came from me taking bold. That's great. From an iPad to a Range Rover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. And I got both of them. Oh, 
little little did we know when I wrote Bold that you'd go from an iPad to a Range Rover. That's fun. <laughs> right. Bold was written at 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning. None of it was written at work. Mm-hmm. I don't know that people realize that, that uh, that's why I love to hear the stories. Was it worth it? Because you're giving yeah. things to your clients and you like to hear back, you know, what did you do? Writing all of those questions was not easy. Yeah. It was yeah. not easy. And I will tell you, when there, I got my letter, yeah, when I got my letter this last year from the year before, I read it and I was, it, you know, the letter that you write to yourself. Yeah. And so I got it, I read it and it was really, um, it was, some of it was true. Most of it wasn't <laughs> that happened. And I, I put it back in my drawer and normally I was, normally I get that letter and I've achieved pretty much everything. And this last year I really went big and I didn't achieve a lot of it. And I, about probably a week or two ago, I opened my desk drawer, which is where I find those letters, where, where I keep my letters. And I read it and literally every single thing on it has happened. And it took me about nine months longer than a year. That's all. It just took a little longer. And I read and I went back and I was like, that's really cool. Because when I first got it, I was like, ugh, you know, I didn't get most of that stuff. And, but it was still in place. It was still, it was still, I, I already said it out there. It was already happening. It just hadn't happened all the way yet. And I look back and it took a little longer and still I'm, I've, I've achieved all of that stuff that I wrote about that I hadn't had, that I didn't get nine months ago. So that was really cool. Anything about coaching skills camp? Coaching skills camp helped me realize the importance of asking questions. And there is a section in that book that is literally pages and pages and pages of questions you can ask. So when I find myself talking too much, when I'm coaching with somebody on my team or I'm talking to somebody, I go back and I think, what question can I ask that might help them understand more about the issue that they're dealing with instead of me knowing the answer and just telling them, how can I help them self-discover? So coaching skills camp was very big for me in learning those questions, just what to ask. Casey, it's been so much fun listening to you and going from living with your in-laws to taking your own vacations, having things for your children, having a great life with your husband, and going from an iPad to a Range Rover. You've come a long way. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. So, there you have it. Casey, thank you so much for being on our podcast and for taking time out of your busy day to educate our listeners about your experience and the specific strategies that will help any KW agent sell more homes. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and would like to subscribe, search KW Maps Podcast on iTunes. You can also go to kwmapspodcast.com. As always, success is simple, not easy. And with that, we'll catch you next time on the KW Maps Podcast growth edition. Take care.